You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to What Women Want with Amy Annette. It's me, Amy Annette, and this is, of course, What Women Want with another episode from the archives, which is a lovely way of putting, I forgot to release it at the time. I was so excited to have Kate Belland, excuse me, and Rose Matafeo, hello, as my guests in Edinburgh back in the past. Uh, They are truly some of the most powerful, brilliant women, and at the time destined to be megastars and now truly megastars. Maybe I'm not great at getting pods out on time, but I'm very good at spotting star power. We recorded this in the underbelly. It was the Edinburgh Frange, and we were in front of a live audience, which included someone with a (laughs) persistent cough, which I promise you I have edited out as much as is possible. Peace and love to coughs and those who have them. But please, stay away from podcast recordings. Again, you may notice this is a slightly shorter episode than usual. Uh, That is because it's sort of a one-man band situation here, and I didn't set up all of the podcast mics properly. Okay, listen, you don't get this sort of insight on Joe Rogan, but but you certainly get high quality. So what Joe Rogan gives in sound qual, I'm bringing you in brain qual. And I stand by that. We are talking about what women want is to apologize. So join me as we travel back in time to listen to Kate Belland and Rose Matafeo discuss what women want is to apologize. How are you doing, guys? Nice to see you. Really well. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this show is called What Women Want, and so the idea is that we talk about misconceptions, misadventures, and misunderstandings around what women want. And comedians are the best people to ask about this, because as comedians, you are both very observed, but you are also observed professionally. And also, they're my friends, and find it hard to say no to me. Um, so that's all I need. I have had so many conversations that change the course of your life. I think they're so important and you very rarely see them from the perspective of um, a women's point of view on TV, in films, on stage. And so I felt like it was time to platform those conversations. And so what better platform than this (coughs) two centimetre high stage (laughs) here at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So the topic today... Weirdest drum solo ever. So the topic today is apology. I want to talk about what women want is to just maybe, I wonder, possibly, could we apologise? <laughs> maybe? We understand this trope of women apologising, over-apologising. And I wonder how many times women apologise if they're doing that because they're actually sorry. 
right? And I'm not talking about it in the kind of like, bitch is gonna lie kind of way. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But I mean, it becomes like part of your armory, part of your sort of bag of tricks that you use as you go around the world. I think I apologize a lot to sort of settle the room. Like if I've arrived even on time, I'll have to find something else to apologize for. I, I feel like I enter the room, I just want to say something that will settle, you know, the controlling the emotional sort of control that you feel like maybe is your responsibility for some reason when you enter those spaces, I think can be quite intrinsically female. Though I'm willing to think about it in other ways, I do think a lot of the times when I apologize, I'm I'm using it for different things. I'm kind of prompt someone into apologizing to me. <laughs> Quite a lot of feminism now, sort of corporate feminism, is a lot about never apologize, never explain. <laughs> I read this thing recently where they suggest instead of saying sorry, you say thank you. So if you're late, you say thank you for waiting. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of it. It feels so psychopathic when you do it. But I like this idea of trying to train yourself out of saying sorry. I do like it, but I do wonder how much of that is blaming women again for not being confident enough. And then finally, I was just thinking about how how British it is to apologise and how much that is about British people's secret dialect of apologising and how, you know, if you're on the London Tube and someone says, excuse me, they are not saying excuse me they're saying what the fuck are you doing (laughs) like they are so angry with you when they say excuse me and so we have this dialect in our country of apologizing it means so many different things what does it look like from a female perspective to try and understand where you sit within that so those are the many things i was thinking about and i'd love to know what you guys thought about when you heard about the topic Uh, one thing you should know, I really love an audience that's quick to clap. So if you see me, let's go together. Um, yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, um, I, when I heard uh, this is what we were talking about, I definitely thought about it in the context of being here uh, at the Fringe because I'm a narcissist and uh, I made it about me. Um, no, I, I, um, I really, I say sorry a lot. I, I remember it was a tick that I used to have, and I think a lot of children go through it. I don't know if anyone like else. I, I, I'm constantly saying sorry. My mother getting very annoyed at me for saying sorry. I'm a very apologetic person by nature. But um, especially when it comes to performing, I often, uh, and you guys, I've talked to you guys about this. After, I mean, I, I did have a bad sh- show yesterday, and it was not a terrible show. My first instinct when it's someone I know uh, who has been there if I see them, I apologize profusely for disappointing them, myself and my family. Right. And it's, it's a horrible thing. Cause I think, uh, as a performer, especially in stand up, when you're, you're like, you kind of only get better by being a little bit hard on yourself and trying to improve in that way. It's a really horrible kind of thing where you're kind of your, your own cheerleader and you're also your worst critic. And so I've, I, I'm really hard on myself after performing which means I say sorry so, so much. And I have been in the position, uh, you know, a lot of times where I have seen shows, <laughs> I sounds bitchy, but <laughs> I've seen shows where I think some uh, a performer should apologize to me for <laughs> how bad their show was. And I found it really interesting there. And I re- actually read into this because, you know, I'll say for 10 minutes before this show, because you said maybe do some research. And I'm like, okay. Um, I, uh, it, was, it was an interesting thing of like, why do women maybe say sorry? There's a stereotype that women say sorry more than men. And it was that, they did the study where it was like, it wasn't that men ultimately apologize less because it's seen as a sign of weakness or anything, but it's, they see less situations in which they should be saying sorry. So it's actually a confidence thing where they say sorry when they think they should say sorry, but 
that's so it's there for women there are so many more instances where they feel like an apology is necessary mm. and uh and so that book kind of blows my mind because that means it's a confidence thing when it comes to apologizing and that's what i feel like especially with performing i am je- i am so innately jealous and it's the same thing of that you know was that classic kind of meme thing of like having the confidence of you know a, 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 you know exactly yeah and i think that very much applies in the comedy industry sometimes right <laughs> uh but it's true and it's like it's such a powerful thing that i think if i feel like I, w- I wish i could let that go to have the confidence to do something because i feel like sometimes yeah i feel like i just do not have the confidence to go oh i'm allowed to fail and that's okay because that's a that's just part of the job i just feel like and i think especially maybe particular for women or anyone in minorities because you are a minority in an industry a wider industry, which is populated mainly with, you know, even straight white men, I suppose. I don't know why I said it like that. But, <laughs> because you're often representing a very small group, the pressure on you to not fail, as a, and it's bullshit as well that you feel like that, because you shouldn't, because there should be more of everyone doing comedy. But it's that pressure that makes you feel like you should be saying sorry for not, like, for letting down the team in a way. And it's like... And I feel like that really compels me to say sorry and apologize and be really fucking annoying in that sense of like, I just, yeah, I think I should just have less instances where I, I um, feel like it's appropriate. And also, very briefly, actually, when I thought about this, I um, obviously my mind went to Love Island. Um, <laughs> because one thing I watched, did anyone watch Love, Love Island, the series? Yeah, okay, yeah one yeah, right. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> But do you notice how, and this goes back to men finding less situations in which they should apologize. Every time you'd hear an apology on Love Island, it was, I'm sorry that you're upset. Mm. And it was like, it was always, I'm sorry you're upset. I'm sorry if I upset you. And it was this thing of like, it wasn't even like a fucking gaslight. It was just the fundamental thing of someone not understanding that they are, they should be apologizing for something. Mm. And so, um, yeah. So, and, and, in conclusion, um, <laughs> I I think um, Love Island is a bad show. We should watch it, right? <laughs> Good. No, thank that's you. That's that. yeah. Kate, how are you? Very well. <laughs> thank you. What did um, you think when you heard the topic? Yeah, I'm loving all of this. Well, the first thing, to answer that question, the first thing I thought, um, which is a hyper, like, white thing, is um, me trying to apologize less when I send something back at a restaurant (laughs) or like I never do that I really never do but I find that like if something I'm so I'm starting with the most repulsive answer to this question (laughs) I want to be clear I'm starting with the most unappealing answer which is like you get something at a restaurant and it's wrong (laughs) it's bad (laughs) it tastes bad It's possibly a health code violation. <laughs> you didn't order it. It's wrong. So the old me would just buckle up and eat it. <laughs> and tip 20%. <laughs> tip more. Because it was so bad. And the new me says, Hi, I'm so sorry. Is there any, but I truly fall over my... If, I'm, if I get the courage to do it, yeah. um, I do such a tap dance the whole time. Um, I was eating alone, um, yeah, in, um, in San Francisco recently 
at this like very fancy place and I got a coffee and you you guys it was water I mean it was essentially iced tea <laughs> and I couldn't believe it I was horrified you know it's like a five dollar USD American um <laughs> coffee and I was like I'm gonna say something like this is obscene I was so nervous that I script I wrote down what I was gonna say I started to script it out oh my God. that's the level of anxiety I'm dealing with so and then as I was scripting it out and at that moment the the server came over to me and I was like, oh, sorry, okay, wow. So first of all, hi. Like I just completely <laughs> unraveled. Finally got to it. I was like, and I and I lied about having been there before. I was like, I was here a couple days ago. Coffee was great. So it might be a bad batch. Like I just like <laughs> being crazy. And of course they were like, oh yeah, sorry. No, I'll get you another one. And I was like, thank you, sorry. And so all of that labor that I did, you know, and ultimately it's fine. So again, that's the most gross kind of thing but that is the first thing that popped into my mind but i love i love everything else that's being said and yeah i think that's really interesting of like who says sorry and what saying sorry does to the person and like i think it's there's kind of this like disease right of like white like cis het people being like i'm so sorry for everything that my race has done to you <laughs> anyway you know so it's like yeah and that's a way of like like um yeah, that's like an armor against like shame or being like, I'm not one of the bad ones. Like, I'm a good one. Like, mm -hmm. I can acknowledge like the, the history of violence and like, oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, yeah, what, like, what are you doing instead? Like, what actually, like, what are the words allowing you to get away with? Like, what is that apology then mm -hmm. making you feel like you're able to deflect like harder work or just like any work? Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. And I think that obviously the person that sometimes, is saying sorry like they're not like yeah like we have it's like empathetic like yeah sure like i get you know it's like you're not a piece of shit for feeling like you want to say sorry mm -hmm. but like what are you actually doing or how are you are you actually listening to the person or are you just more concerned with your own feelings and your own like your you know desire to like escape shame um yeah so I'm very smart. Because um, <laughs> I saw some people wondering. So um, with the whole sending back food thing, I just wanted to be clear. And um, yeah, and I think apology has become like feminized or is like inherently feminized in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, and it's like also a way like saying I'm sorry is also a very powerful thing mm -hmm. in the right moments. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, teaching like boys to say sorry. Yeah. And um, and letting that become like I, like you know in relationships or in you know between people saying I'm sorry that can be like a very productive um like radical act when it actually needs to be said and is done with generosity. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I feel like we kind of covered why we apologize and how we feel apologizing works in our life. But I wanted to know, I think as a performer someone who goes on stage like the magnifying glass of that that when you come on stage people see you often for their preconceived notions of what you should be like and you sometimes work against that or you work with that I wanted to know if you feel like there's a difference between who you are on stage so I would imagine when you perform you're unapologetic and who you are off stage do you feel like there's a noticeable difference Rose yes um I no yeah absolutely when I when I first started out though I I think it was very apologetic on stage uh, to be fair because it's that thing of and it's interesting what you say even in the public transport thing in ways of like saying sorry in such a, a subtle way with what you do is like and in, in almost being sorry about the space you're taking up mm. and that's not even like explicitly <laughs> saying sorry like not going on stage and going sorry I'm here guys but it's the vibe and it's like it's what you put out there. I remember being very, and obviously this is a thing very much covered off a, a, a lot at the moment about, you know, obviously self-deprecation in comedy. Mm. Um, all of the internet is about that as well. How and that's, you, you know, started as well? I was like 15. So I was 15, 16. So obviously like, I should be sorry to be on stage because who the fuck wants to watch that? Like <laughs> 16 year olds should not do comedy. It is bad, guys. <laughs> very bad. I had no live experience to base any of my jokes off. But it, it, it was that thing of like, when I first started, because I was in that position, that's how I came into it, um, immediately I was sorry because I was on the back foot. Because also, as a teenage girl, you don't have the... I guess you've got enough confidence to do it, but you're still not confident to be there. And I don't know. It's it's a, a tough thing. I've always found, as well, for me, what I find, I don't not necessarily find um, watching comedy, I don't know if I find confidence funny. I feel like I find things that are funny are people seeing their own flaws and then connecting with other people about those things. And that's, I think, what I guess mostly what I do. But that really kind of, it does fuck you up in a way because you're constantly making yourself look like a dumbass uh, for other people's benefit. So you can go, well, we're all dumbasses. But then you're the one on stage talking about it. So it's, uh, you know, you're kind of in the worst position in that regard. But that's but, yeah. good. So I work in an office and understanding that how often you feel like you you sort of throw yourself on the ground to make the point. Like you're so keen to make the point that you just, you just make yourself look like a fool to just yeah. make sure that that got out there. So I think that makes sense on stage, especially. And Kate, I want to hear what you feel like is the difference between you on stage and you off stage. And but on top of that, I want to know, like, do you feel like when you come on stage, there's uh, an unspoken thing that you're working against that you then have to sort of play with? Yeah. Um, I think being so gorgeous is um, <laughs> no. I think um, yeah. My well, people sometimes talk about my stand-up as a character, which I totally understand what they're saying, but I don't personally relate to that. I think it's like persona like 
this kind of antiquated idea of comedy is like, you know, you get on stage and it's you. Or it's like everyone's performing, right? You're constantly like, you are inherently a persona if you're performing. So, and I think, yeah, I mean, I also started, I was 17 when I started doing stand-up. Um, and I, in LA and I was going to comedy clubs and it was all just like older white men, like my wife's a bitch or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so I definitely, I knew that no one wanted me there or like, and by the way, it's like, yeah. And at that point comedy has changed like so radically and I can only speak really to my like specific experience, like in New York and LA, but there are just overwhelmingly more women, younger women, non-white people, queer people. Like it's, it's wild in like 10 years, just like in, or the last five years, how much has changed but when I was there I was like the youngest one the only like girl and I knew that I had to like trick them (laughs) into listening to me or something because the assumption was like you're not funny and why are you here and so I kind of feel like I did create an overconfident kind of character ish like persona who also who was like very confident about what she was saying but also maybe like it didn't fully make sense or something. So I think that I have a lot of anger um, and hostility toward the need for women to be likable, or I know that I do. I think I'm mad, (laughs) you know? So I kind of feel like um, there's a lot to be done with. There's a lot to like undo with that. And it's obviously different um, for all kinds of different embodied experiences. So for me to be like, I don't want to be likable is like easier <laughs> um, than it is for someone else. But I think, um, yeah, particularly with like a lot of like queer performance or feminist performance, there's just like a really rich history of like completely rejecting that, that need to be like palatable and likable and easily consumable because traditionally what's easily consumable is like one kind of person. Mm-hmm. And um, it's fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you think I find yeah. it's harder to be, to be, uh, a, a woman performing and being like double downing or like I'm not going to be likable than it is too because I've seen I mean I've seen many many guys go yeah. up once you, you see so many going I'm going to fucking tell you what I think I don't give a shit or about being what offensive yeah. but ultimately you're not really being offensive you're just like reinscribing the status quo so it's like yeah yeah and, and, but, um, and I think it's interesting because likable is that word that we all understand <laughs> and it's, it's often the thing that people talk about with feminism which is that you know angry feminists uh sort of furious feminists, ugly feminists, like mm-hmm. the thing, the power that that word, that that phrase has for feminists is like, you're not attractive. Like that's their mm. biggest arrow that they can shoot at you. I think it's an unspoken expectation also though that's put on, especially women doing comedy, of what their goals are, of what they want their comedy to achieve because so much as well in critical culture in terms of comedy, the w- women are described when they're good as, I mean, you know, <laughs> this sounds really, but, but like as uh, often likable or relatable or real it's oh she, she's got oh she's my new best friend i always fucking get that oh she i you're my new you are my new i don't know you but you're my new best friend you know what i mean like and it's, it's this weird thing of like i i just see the value put on a, a a woman when she's performing as being someone who will be pleasant to would be pleasant to be yeah. around or yeah be in the company with for an hour not for, not for what she's saying or I don't. It, I don't know. It's that's it's, the highest compliment. The highest compliment is how nice a fucking lady you are. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's a thing that you see yeah. a lot in um crit- and reviews, which is women often called unashamedly funny. Oh. And it's like, oh, where's your shame, lady? Get some more shame on you. It's so weird. 
Yeah. Um, sadly, we're coming towards the end of the show. As always, I feel like we could keep going. I hope you feel like this is the beginning of a conversation, and I want I want to hear you chattering away as you leave. But do be aware, I will be at the back, so no negative comments, please. <laughs> Did you know What Women Want is a film with Mel Gibson? <laughs> Maybe when someone said, we're going to go see the show What Women Want, and you were like, the film with Mel Gibson? Uh, I'd like to know, is what classic film would you reboot with a gender reversal you can be in it. You can be a bit part. I don't. You just let me know your vision. So, guys, what would you say? What would you be your answer? Let's go this way. Okay. Um, I was. Okay. Hmm. I feel like I want to be Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't steal my idea. <laughs> That'd be sick. Um, I uh want to see Castaway, but um. From the perspective of Helen Hunt, who has just had a wonderful year of self-development. Um, <laughs> and she's learned how to do, like, a, she's done a kombucha course, and she's just, you know, really got to know herself, and then fucking, you know, Tom Hanks shows up. What is it then? Does like, he come back in the end? Yeah. I, yeah, with FedEx or something? Didn't he, didn't he send her some shit in the fit and she gets and she's like oh yeah that guy uh, and so I'd like to see that movie which I think would be real, really rock oh, Helen Hunt really is the common theme absolutely yeah and Hollywood still threw her in the trash right because she yeah. aged yeah shame shame justice for Helen Hunt that's what this show is about <laughs> on that please join me in clapping music and cheering your amazing guest thank you so much have a good day goodbye this is the end my only i feel like if i sing anymore i'll I'll have to pay for it um yes this is the end you've come to the end a little earlier than usual but wow what good stuff imagine if i hadn't let you hear that Hmm? you're welcome uh it is the end of the show thank you so much for still listening if you are still listening i will now do some very chic and quick credits all credit to the amazing emma Porsche, zachary annette who helped me record it at the time uh, shook his head when I did everything wrong but supported me nonetheless and for whom I give the credit executive producer, whatever that means Artisans via Jamendo Publishing are the creators of the very jolly tune. I've been Amy Annette I really hope you're okay Goodbye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.